Hello and welcome to Take Me Through Your Day. Sorry about the hiatus. I'm sure you all understand given the circumstances. I've been sitting on a bunch of episodes just waiting for this all to be over, but who knows when that's going to be, you know. So uh, I'm going to post a series of pre-quarantine episodes. So some of it will probably be irrelevant. Some of these jobs might not exist anymore. Some of them will be vastly different. So just for the sake of putting stuff out there, I'm going to have probably 10 or 15 episodes, just all from probably the summer of 2019 to, say, Christmas, maybe? So with that in mind, that's the tone for the show. So if you know, we're not mentioning anything about the pandemic because it hadn't happened yet. So... You know, maybe this will take things off your mind and make you think back to when stuff was normal. Um, on this episode, we have a uh, an assistant facilities manager, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty interesting job. I liked it a lot. I think you'll like the episode. Uh, as per usual, you can find us on uh, social media at Take Me Tyd and at takemetyd at gmail.com. Normally, I'd say if someone wanted to be on an episode, but, you know, who knows how that's going to go. But uh, regardless of any of that, enjoy the show and uh, and our new logo that we got done. So, hope you dig it. Uh, my current title is Assistant Facilities Manager and Carigo Platform Analyst. Uh, usually in the, in, the, in, the, in the world of my firm it's just afm cpa okay now if you were to like run into someone at a party and you wanted to give them like the concise answer of what you do what would yeah. you what would you tell them i do facilities for a commercial real estate firm okay perfect all right so we'll get into that but i first want to go into like let's say high school did you have an idea of what you wanted to do when you were in high school uh i think i wanted to be shit i remember when i was five i wanted to be a kind uh, a farmer Okay. And then by 10, I wanted to be a radiologist for no reason. I don't think I even knew what it was. Um, These things just sprung into your head? Or yeah. Like people around you? Mm -hmm. Okay. All yeah. Right. I think my mom once told me that radiologists make a lot of money and she'd be a proud mother if she had one. So I was like, maybe that's what I'll do. And I put that on like my 10th my, you know, <laughs> grade. Like, this is what I'll do when I grow up form or you graduate. Perfect. My mom was like my little radiologist. But no, by high school, um, I think I just wanted to do theater. Theater? Yeah. Okay. Now, is that something you pursued in high school? Is something involved with the school? Something outside of the school? Uh, inside and sometimes outside. Um, but I was always very into theater as a kid. But in high school specifically, I did high school sh musicals. Um, I got my degree in theater history and German. Um, and then I used, I used, uh, I practiced theater semi-professionally. Now, when you say you got a degree, we jumping into like college, college. Mm -hmm. okay so yeah. well, let's stop it in in high school um you graduate and what is your thought you're just like i'm gonna go to college for theater uh yeah i think i like the i, I like the subject mm -hmm. uh why not learn more about it i don't yeah. really think i knew what i wanted to do though but it's still good to i mean that's what i like to dig for in this is like you at least had some kind of direction that you were like i like this yeah I pursue mm -hmm. this. absolutely i love that. i'm very jealous of people that have that um, it, so, was a, it was a combination of like English and literature and history and that combined in my love for like period pieces and all that stuff. So uh, 
<laughs> I think that's what informed my love of theater, and that later also informed, like specifically what I fell into when I when I did theater outside of just the term in air quotations. Okay, so all right, let's jump right into college then. Where did you go, and what exactly? How did you get started? Um, I went to the same school that my twin applied to. Yeah. And we went to Guilford College in North Carolina, and I figured, yeah, they've got a good theater program, or at least I've heard it's a good theater program, and I still don't know what I'm going to do. I think at that time I wanted to be an actor, actually, uh -huh. which is ironic because I hated acting <laughs> when I was in high school. And, uh, yeah, the theater studies department um, was a very, very small, tight-knit group, maybe like, I want to say 20 people at most with oh, three okay. main professors, even though, I mean, it was a small liberal arts school, but it's... You, know, you still expect the department to be at least like 30 people, maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it was pretty small. I mean, my graduating class alone was 12, 13 people. Okay. Yep. And you pursued that straight through. There wasn't any kind of like deviation or no. like, I like this aspect of it. I'm going to go oh, just no, yeah. straight through. I, yeah, I went straight into it. And I didn't know what I wanted to minor in. So I did German on the side just to kind of see what would happen. Um, but yeah. Just kept plowing through with the intention of doing theater, whatever that meant. Is there something that drew you to German? Because I, I took it too, but I can't really find a reason why I did. <laughs> uh, you know, everyone in college likes to talk about Brecht and how interesting it is. And I feel like everyone has a quote-unquote Brecht period. Do you know who Bertolt Brecht is? I, I know the name. but German, I German playwright from the 1940s, 50s maybe. I don't want to butcher it. But he moved to America after a very successful career in Germany. Um... And I think at the time I wrote a paper about wanting, about like what translations, like I found two versions of the same play. One was the roughly translated from German into English yeah. script. And then there was the English script, yeah. which was like, this is the one that, like, this is what we will perform. <laughs> this is what we, versus this is what we will just read. Yeah. Um, and that was when I thought, why not, you know, give it a shot. seems like a cool language. My mom was not happy about it. <laughs> All right, so that sounds like you had a pretty straightforward college path. So you graduate now. What? What? what what's your thoughts? Uh, shoot, what did happen? I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I should say before that, I um, I, I, I was not an actor. I did theater history and dramatic criticism. So I was the researcher. So I I can't. I went in as a scholar, and I left wanting to do more scholarship. Okay. Um. So when I first left, my goodness, I want to say, what happened? Um, I, I do remember certain projects, but I don't remember what happened immediately after I left. Um, so I fell into a, a, a couple community theater projects. I fell into a pretty good theater company for a couple plays that um, promoted new playwrights that I met some cool people by working with them and helping re you know, revise and draft their pieces. Um, and then I fell into this directing, this like stupid <laughs> directing gig because of a stage management gig that I did. So I did, I was kind of all over the place, directing, dramaturgy, translating. I did a little bit of teaching towards the tail end of me doing theater, um, nothing serious and, uh, but no acting as much yeah, as I well, thought I would. Yeah, if it wasn't your thing, then why, why pursue it? Exactly. But we should also add that you were not only bouncing around there, but you bounced around because you're from Maryland, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Grew up in Maryland, went to college in, what was it? North uh, Carolina. North Carolina. And then, where, where are you going after college? you stay in North Carolina? Did you go back to I Maryland? go back home. Okay. And what are you doing in that kind of transitional period where you're realizing that 
what his theater career is? <laughs> I think I remember getting a job at the mall and getting into daily conversations with my dad wherein we he would argue that what I went for school in does like what I went for in school does not necessarily like what I meant for what I went for in school does not dictate what I'm going to make a living off of, yeah. and that it's time to put things into priority mm-hmm. and you know turn my profession quote unquote into a more of a hobby, which really didn't sit well by me, and I kept but trying to do it's stuff. A very dad conversation. Yeah, it's totally, <laughs> totally, absolutely. Um, but I still pursued it. But I never made it my primary means to make money. Okay, so you get a job at the mall. Um, what is? Let's kind of just go from there to bring us up to now. Just sure. give us the beats yeah. of. Yeah, I moved to Pittsburgh. I stopped doing theater, not necessarily because I had a bad thing happen. I had a couple really good projects, some fun projects. Very like, you know, I've always wanted to have one of those lives where you could talk about something that you did and be like, "Yeah, I did it," but like, mm, it wasn't that great. Um, so I moved to Pittsburgh. I what, fall, what prompted that? Uh, friends from college okay, from right. the same department um, had moved there, so we all moved up in Regent Square. Okay. Um, and uh, somehow I found my way into a temp agency. Uh, as you do. Yeah. yeah, as one does. Well, I so I got into a car accident, and I'll, a, then the, a car that I was the car that I was using to, for my job, mm-hmm. I could no longer do. So I was like, all right, time to find something else. Uh, temp agency finds me a job at a call center for the firm I now work at. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was it is what it was what it is. Or yeah. it, it is what it is. Uh, it trains people well to understand the company and people who want to do well tend to make the effort and get noticed. So once you get that foot in the door you can kinda of work your way up to They yeah, my company loves to hire internally and they're always into what they call H V T high value talent. Mm. So they're very um, enterprising about that. <laughs> All right, I just want to back up one more second just because it's it just something I'm very interested in about your past. The um, You were doing the thing where you'd go to clubs. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell yeah. us about that sure. a little bit just to touch on it because that, that always interests yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, the car, the car. I needed the car because I worked for, uh, I never know what to call it. I always called it a brand ambassador company. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a company that promotes tobacco products. Yeah. Um, so you don't actually work for the company that creates and yeah. promotes that you know literally markets the product, mm-hmm. but you you know you're a third party company that is given product and talks to people in bars about it. But you can only talk to smokers. You can't talk to non-smokers unless they consent to speak with you. Um, How does that conversation go? Uh, if they tell you you don't smoke, you have to disengage because it's it's you 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 know you don't want to paint the perception that a cigarette company is promoting non-smokers to begin smoking. No, like, I, I I get that part, yeah. but where you said like the consent unless they consent, mm-hmm. what is that situation like? Um, they either have to be uh, older than twenty one okay. and an active smoker mm-hmm. in a non-smoking bar. You have to ask you would have to ask everybody actually, and uh, then they would. If they said yes, you could engage. If they didn't say, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Um, in a smoking bar, you just approach people who were smoking. And generally, they wanted to talk to you anyway. So consent was very easy, and it was a very mutually attractive Yeah, because you're engagement. getting free basically. Yeah, I got my numbers up, and they got their, their coupon. Um, and it was interesting. I actually did – that was one of the first jobs I got when I moved here. And I got to know the city pretty intimately. Because I drove all over. I mean, oh, I yeah. drove all over. It, the the scope of, I mean, the amount of just where my car tires were, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. the number of places. I would say 
there isn't a neighborhood in our area within a hundred feet, well, hundred feet, hundred miles yeah. that I haven't been to. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Now, in um, was that part of the uh, temp agency thing? No, the temp agency thing was different. Okay, so how did you get involved with that? That's kind of with the temp was, agency. No, 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 with the um, brand ambassador. Oh, uh, they were advertising on Craigslist. Really? And I was working at a salon at the time, and I didn't like it very much. Um, and then I saw that they paid pretty well, said you had to have your own car, which generally means yeah. you're making money. Um, and I applied, and they generally let anybody in who isn't a total, you know, deranged introvert. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that, I mean, just a standard interview process to figure that out? Or, yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah, basically. Um, you can figure out if you're a weirdo yeah. in five minutes, probably. Here's the policy. You stick to a schedule. You follow a, a pretty much pseudo prompt. They're saying this to you directly, like a match if I'm looking like, yeah. right at them. And uh, just so you know, we might drug test you, we might not. Just so you know. And you have to have your own car all the time. Otherwise, you can't have it. You can't have this job, and mm-hmm. you'll never be full time. Got it. And it, uh, as far as that, because I'll put a nice little button on this, and we'll move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just at the beginning of whatever your quote unquote shift would be, they just give you like, here you need to go to this place, this place, and this place, or is it just like this is your spot for the evening? Uh, I would say that we individually had our own quote unquote spots, but generally we were given like a route where. You would know what neighborhood you were breaching based on the bars that they were covering. Okay. Um, but if you were favored, I suppose, um, like I always got like the, the downtown bars. I always got, you know, the ones in Shady Side. Yeah. It was always like that really long stretch. I knew I'd get, like, because they knew I'd get a lot of people mm-hmm. because it would be a fun route for me and it wouldn't be that hard of a sell. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Good times. Good, yeah, times, good times. Good times. I, I love those weird one-off jobs. Uh, those fascinate mm-hmm. me. So let's get into your actual job right mm-hmm. now. So you've explained what you are. Let's go through the day. Sure. So what time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, when I'm in the office, I wake up at 5. At 5. Do you set an alarm for that? Uh, I have several alarms. Several alarms. Yes. Give me the morning routine. Me uh, well, I should actually go back and talk okay. about the night before because that's how I prepare for everything. Okay, yeah, let's go into that. Um, so I have my coffee ready to go. I have it all scooped in and with the timer set for 5.05. Um, I have a bowl out with oatmeal and various toppings ready to go, pop in the mic to pop in the microwave in the morning. Is it like an overnight oats thing, or just like mm-hmm. you just have it set? No, it's a packet of oats with gotcha. just one. I, I pour I pour water in before I hit the shower. Gotcha. Um, my protein shake's already made. My lunch is already made. My bags of my bags are already packed. Uh, clothes for after the gym are in there. Shoes, laptop case, everything is all ready to go. So you're prepped. Yeah, totally. And I even to the point to where the items that I keep in my coat pocket. Mm-hmm never leave my coat pocket when I get home from work sometimes because they just go straight, you know, they, they stay there until I have to pick them up the next morning. No, I like that. I have a yeah. lot of that same things. Like mm-hmm. all the, everything in its right place. Yeah. And usually before, if I'm going out that night, like the night before I'm going out, I have to make sure that's all ready because I don't like to worry about that not being available to me when I want to have a successful morning. So yeah, I wake up at five. I have a bedtime quarter it's like a bedtime iPhone alert it's a very gentle alarm that wakes me up at like five o'clock and then I have a little bit more serious alarms Um, the crescendo of the alarm is this extremely loud coffee maker oh okay yeah that's it's at 505 yeah all right so Mm -hmm. you have five minutes of alarms that I mean, I still go to sleep, and sometimes I find that I wake up at 5.30, but I scramble and I get it done anyway, because I got everything done (laughs) the night before. Perfect. All right, so you jump out of bed, you got your coffee going, you got your oats going, take a shower, 
come out, put on gym clothes, mm-hmm. wait around for the bus that leaves at the same time every morning at 6.13, I leave the house. 6.13? Yep. Right. Catch the bus, get downtown, hit the gym, change into clothes, change into work clothes, come to the office, drink my shake. Okay. Now, during that commute time, do you listen to anything? Yeah. All right. What sure do we Give me a little bit. Me, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's divided up into two different things. It's when I'm going to work, when I'm leaving work. Yeah, yeah. When I'm going to work, it's music. When I'm leaving work, it's podcasts. Okay, so let's focus on the going into work. Yep. What are you listening to? Give me a couple oh, of Oh, God. Ideas. Well, recently I've been listening to quite a variety. Uh, Carly Ridge Epson's new album. Um, it's very good. Which is quite a banger. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Wolfpack. Because, oh yeah, yeah, you can mm-hmm. about that. And uh, Anderson Pack, I would say mm-hmm. those are the three ones that I'd listen to the most. You know, with a bit of soul and funk, just peppered in there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's that's usually in the morning, and it takes about fifteen minutes, so I get some good good hits in. Okay, so let's go from the bus to the gym. How long are you spending at the gym? Uh, hour fifteen, if I'm lucky. Okay, so you're getting out there when? Exactly. So you, I you're, leave you're, dre- so I, you're dressed for the mm-hmm. job. I, so I leave at 6.15. I get to the office first. I drop off my bag, throw my refriger- th- you know, throw my perishables in the refrigerator. And, Wait a uh, minute. You said 6.15. I thought the bus came. At 6.13. I get in at 6.13. The bus comes in. I'm sorry. It takes me there. 6.30 is when I come in. So it's a 15-minute commute. Okay. 6.15 to 6.30. Or I leave at 6... I leave, at, I leave here at 6.13 in the morning. Okay. The and bus gets into downtown at six between six twenty eight and six thirty. Okay, now I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the gym, yeah. and then when are you leaving the gym? Uh, eight o'clock, maybe a little bit later, because I'm usually aiming to get to the gym by six forty, so I can have time to do everything I want to do. Okay, so when do you have to be at the office? When do you Whenever. Get there? When do you, okay, when do you shoot for? Um. I don't usually like to be there later than 8.15. Okay. All right. Now I'm seeing the window a little bit better. Okay. So you get to the building. Is this, you're up on one of the high rises? What's giving me the, yeah. the beats of showing up at the building and, and getting in it? I love my building. I think it's it's rather humor. It's like, a, it's almost an, it's, it's, it's an, it's an ego thing uh, to me, which I find really funny. Our name is, like the, my company's name is on the very, very top, top, tippity top oh, of the building. But we're only three floors and everything below us is a parking garage for the hotel next to us. Uh-huh. So it just feels very like self-aggrandizing, which is why it feels so glamorous. Taking your car key and swiping the swiping your badge as you walk in and these like, you know, those like doors that you see at the subway or at the metro. Yeah. They're like clear plastic though and they open and they take you to the elevator that's been designated to take you up to your floor. Okay. So it feels very luxurious when in fact um, why is it cold? Because you're above. Why is your office cold? Because you're above a parking garage. Yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, so you get in there, you get on your floor. Mm-hmm. What are what are the first moves? What are the first kind of actions you have to take? Uh, get my shake, drink it. Got it. Um, open up my computer. If there's anyone around, because usually there's not a lot of people around. I'm usually sitting on my around my own in this open space. Uh, we bullshit for a little bit, but I start drinking my shake and pulling my morning recording. Okay, now are you so it's not like a cubicle situation? It's like a big open air. Somewhere? I mean, like yeah, they're they're cubicles, but like. Well, that's what I mean. Like, paint me a picture. Let me. You know. uh, long aisles or like long rows, and you they have slight dividers, which are mere. I mean, obviously, like you have your space. It's a, it's a yeah. rising and standing desk. 
but they've got like little end caps on each side which dictate like this is where your workplace ends but it still feels very open that's nice and it's nice you get the standing test yeah that's cool mm-hmm. i know it's a big thing now a lot of people talk about that big fan yeah um, okay, so you said you open your laptop and you start doing, what was it? Morning reporting. So I have to, uh, I send an email out to vendors who have work orders in our system whose metrics are coming up in the next 48 hours. So if they have to do something by then, I, I let them know. Okay, so elaborate a little bit on what sure. you mean by vendors. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So facilities management for the company that I work, am I allowed to say that? I'm going to censor it. It's fine. Okay, um, okay great. You can say anything you want. I'll fix it later. <laughs> awesome. Um, so the facility side of things, we support a client who is in need of services in whatever way that might be. Um, specifically, uh, what I mean to say is within the context of a lease. You know, what is facilities so management required to? Yeah. Okay. You know, toilet's broken. You send someone to go fix it. But we represent the tenant. So we do interior repairs. Okay. And make relationships with landlords to facilitate out exterior or landlord or foundation-based repairs. Well, see, now that's strange because that's the opposite of what I would have thought. I would have thought you'd represent the landlords. So mm-hmm. how do you represent the tenants? So the tenants, we do things that – so, I mean, there's a tenant rep broker, which is on the sales side. But a facilities manager, I always call the tenant rep. It's my term for it because I, you know, if my – you know, if a, co- if a woman for the company that I work with, Cheryl – calls me and says that her sink is broken. I'm going to go send someone to take care of her sink. Yeah. If someone takes a shit outside of the building, I'm calling her landlord. Okay. Yeah. If there's a roof leak, I'll call the landlord. Yeah. Um, if there's if the HVAC's down, depending on the responsibility, whether it falls to us or to them, um, you know, I'll be making some calls to either someone else's company or my own. Yeah. But usually it's uh, like we have our shared team of engineers and we have third-party vendors and we manage those people and they all have work orders in a system that I manage, mm-hmm. that I oversee. Um, because every account has a different a different variation on the same theme in terms of the configuration of this website that we used, which is like, I, I, I've been told it's similar to Salesforce. Okay. Um, but I've never used it before. Um, but maybe others have. Yeah, you're not missing out. <laughs> Salesforce is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've heard a lot of people say. But so I use that system to tell me what work orders are going to be due and who it belongs to. Okay. So I send formatted emails that come through a temp, like I created a template in Outlook, and I have an Excel form that I populate and edit, format a little bit to make it look a little, a little bit nicer, and inform them that their due dates are coming up. Okay. That's my morning. Usually. And then I kind of wait for something to happen because generally we're not going to, I mean, of course there are small projects. There are things that we work on. There's innovations that we try and figure out. There's ongoing issues or ongoing, you know, methods of support to yeah. provide. Um, but generally we just kind of sometimes just wait for, for someone, someone to say something's going on. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's kind of what I picture in that kind of setting, which is always another one of those things this seems strange to be in an office, but you also said you work from home sometimes. Yeah, so and all my accounts are across the nation, or rather, my all my like buildings that I manage for this account are all across the nation. All right. Well, for the the sake of this, let's stick with the office just to get through. The oh, day. sure. Because I'm genuinely curious about how I you, tend to get uh, ahead of myself. <laughs> how you work at the um, at home as well? Because I'm sure there's like routines involved in that. Sort of. Yeah. So when I'm at the, when I'm in the office, um, it's business casual. Okay. I'm much more. Um, 
I try to be more aware of what I'm wearing, yeah. of course, because I'm not home alone. Um, in the you know when I'm working from home, I wear whatever I want. I kind of get up a little bit closer to seven seven thirty, because if I'm working from home, I'm not working out that morning. All right, we'll we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Let's let's just crush through the whole day here. So yeah. that that's what your morning looks like. What are you doing? Let's say from that point up until around lunch. Is it the waiting around, or is it no? Just... It's not a lot of waiting around. It's follow up on existing issues, um, speaking with vendors um, about issues, or not even issues, just projects. Because there's always ongoing projects. I don't think yeah. I don't think there's really ever been a day where my checklist has ever been like. There's a project that I've been working on since I started the job a year and a half ago. Yeah, exactly. So it's just one of those things that, you know, there's always going to be something, but ultimately there's going to be something more pressing than that. Yeah. So, for example, this week, uh, everything fell by the wayside because my sites had their HVAC coils stolen from them. Really? Yep. So are you familiar with the HVAC system? I am, but the... Are they... Are they uh, copper? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, yep. I was going to say, why would you steal mm-hmm. it? Like so there was a plaza copper. in Texas that um, ha- they all, like a bunch of tenants that didn't have caged in HVAC units yeah. on the roof, they had all of their condenser coils stolen. Wow. That is a job that is, it's such a hassle because you immediately lose heating and cooling abilities. I mean, of course, you probably just have heating abilities because if there's a lot of people in a building and it's 90 degrees... Yeah. You know, radiant temperature and uh, body heat tends to raise regular temperature set points pretty high. Um, but it's so expensive. Yeah, I bet. Replacing the coils is more expensive than replacing the actual unit. I could see that. And uh, that's why people steal them, because mm-hmm. they have value. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, people were saying, like, it could be done so professionally that it makes you wonder whether it's it's another professional mechanic who's like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to spend $29,000 on my own coils. Like, maybe I'll just steal this guy's or all yeah. these people's. But then again, if multiple people got theft. It, yeah, I've seen some pretty professional junkies out there. Yeah. <laughs> Once they figure out their gig, <laughs> they, they got it. Exactly. But no, one... It's sad, but kind of fascinating. No, it is interesting. I agree. I agree. And it makes you... The funny thing is there's always that little side conversation that you have about every project, whether it be like there's this homeless man that's like hanging around the back and scaring the hell out of the supervisor. Or like it makes you wonder, what's up with him? Scenario one, you know, you hear the law and order, dun, dun. Um, This situation where some shady guy is stealing stuff. We We had a roof gutter that was filled with tin cans. Tin cans? Yeah. And, and there were jokes for a couple days where it was like, oh, it must have been raining cans. And I was like, no, it was two asshole kids smoking cigarettes and riding their bike and nanny nanny boo-booing everybody and sh- shoving their gutters up with tin cans. Yeah, it's pretty absurd. But that's one of my favorite things about it is like this like gossip or the intrigue yeah. around the things that go wrong. Of how, the, yeah, because I just, my mind flooded with all the different ways that, that could happen. Like, yeah. A bunch of kids like drinking on the roof, or are they just like throwing cans up there? All just, I could picture a bunch of, you know, shitty 16 year olds doing all of that. So, yeah, scaling, well, scaling some like regular plaza building in California. Yeah, <laughs> seeing if I can roll this can up and fall right in the gutter. Oh my God, but it was so many cans. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're talking loads of cans. Like spaghetti and like, it, oh God, what's that? What was that book? About raining food. Uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah, very much that, but with tin cans. Yeah, they didn't take out the meatballs. They just kept them in the can. Yes, exactly. Um, okay, so lunchtime, I guess. When are you, when are you taking lunch? Uh, usually noontime. Noontime, 1 o'clock. 
But yeah. I have a snack in between. I usually have a, I, I usually, I quote unquote, usually, I have a snack at 10 o'clock every morning. All right. What is, what is said snack? It's yogurt and almonds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A healthy snack. Mm-hmm. Um, so but lunch is noon. Lunch is noon yeah. or one. Are you leaving? Or is it something you eat at your desk? I eat at my desk or I find somewhere fun to sit. Um, but usually I'm sitting at my desk, even if I'm in a way and I'm just looking at my phone while I'm eating my, eating my lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally I'm working through lunch. Now, is that something you pack, or is there somewhere close by? Mm-hmm. I usually pack. If I'm buying something, it's a different story, but I generally pack my own lunch. All right, let's do both. What do you What do you usually pack, and if you do splurge and go out there, what do you get? Oh, I don't splurge. I bring my own lunch, and then I go to like Le Gourmandine and get a pastry, and that's my <laughs> idea of splurging. But my lunch is usually... Um, I don't know if you know what bird's eye is. Most people know what bird's eye is. It's the, the brand? Yep, yeah. the brand bird's eye. They have a zucchini lentil noodle... That I, it's got like 26 grams of protein in a bag, but it's also pure vegetable. Yeah. So I can have, you know, half a bag of that with some kind of protein and some kind of vegetable. Okay. And that's been my format for a couple of years now. Yeah. It's not a bad format. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> great. You can switch it up. It's got different, this is not a promotional ad. <laughs> it's not a promotion. Um, but yeah, no, I, it's a great way to fill a meal in. Yeah. And that's generally how I've been. I mean, I, up until recently, I've actually, only been I've been using that for both meals, so I go through a bag a day, which got a little expensive. Um, so it's nice to be able to have a part of that already made. And yep. generally, I meal prep everything. So when I'm actually making my meals, it's all just taking a spoon and sloshing it into a into another another smaller container. Yeah, brilliant. I like it. Beauty in its simplicity. Um, so after lunch, what else? What else we got going on? More waiting, and I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. but I'm not waiting. I don't want to. I don't want to convey that to people because. What I do is is just consistent support for multiple properties in yeah. order to help a company operate efficiently. So essentially, it's more of the same for the rest of the day. Um, yeah, unless you're actively. But the thing is, but the thing I also want to say is, there's no two days alike. You yeah, may, no, like, I, I I love this aspect of it, and that's the reason why I wanted to say more of the same is that we can get into like the nitty gritty yeah. of like just some specific stories yeah. or um do you guys do meetings like do you have like conferences like in the office you have uh to sometimes somewhere? in the office a lot on the phone okay a lot on the phone a lot through a webex which is like a, a, a video yeah. meeting program that no one ever uses video for because they think it's funny and everyone <laughs> who works from home wears their pajamas anyway yeah. so why would they want to show that off um yeah so a lot of meetings throughout the day touch points with vendors weekly touch points with vendors weekly touch points with my client weekly touch points with my manager um that's it's a weekly thing. It's not like a daily. Like, do you have managers? I, mean, I talk to my manager every like, day. Okay, yeah. I do talk with her. But in terms of like, you know, if we're speaking of professional growth, then we're speaking of let's talk through like lessons learned from this one thing that we did, or yeah, you know, how is your training and development coming for you know this one thing that you were assigned that you mentioned two weeks ago that you someone said you had to do. Yeah, that kind of. Stuff. I get that, and uh, I mean that's that's kind of what I meant by the constant like no two days the same yeah that i'm trying to think of this from like the, the management end of it because no, you seem very independent is what i was getting at your gig seems very much on your shoulders and there's not a lot of micromanaging and stuff like that no i support my manager who yeah. is on the account it's the two of us yeah if anything's above my threshold that it has to be approved i have to pass it along to yeah. her yeah. directive comes from her directly we work very closely on this on, on this job okay yeah that's that's what i was getting at. yeah so it is is independent in the sense that 
everybody at my company has their own account for the most part, unless they're not on an account. They're, they're a method of support or transformation or transition or migration where they help accounts accomplish certain things, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so in that way, yes, independence is an, is an element, but... No, that's good. I mean, when it comes to the, the people listening to this, um, just because so many different jobs require so many different personality types... I feel like certain mm-hmm. people, especially like me, like I love stuff like this where you're basically left to your own. It's like obviously you have a boss, and you have managers and people you're held accountable to, held accountable to, but you're still essentially left alone just to handle what you need to handle as mm-hmm. long as you're handling it. Yeah, exactly. And generally there are things that require other people to know about it. So even in me telling them, they're like, all right, well, we're going to do it like this, which okay. is fine because I'm a method of support. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, do you have any like standout stories or anything that comes to mind when it, what's about being there for you said a year and a half? Uh, yeah. So I've been in this position for a year and a half. Um, one that comes to mind. There's a site where we okay. So we had one building where a homeless man was leaving receipts with a stream of consciousness writing that sounded like veiled threats on their front door. To the point to where we had to get a regular guard and alert the landlord where they can get someone to like patrol. They got the police involved. It felt very Ed Gould, but menacing. That, that sounds very insane. Like, what, what do these things say? Like, do you have like a... They had a social security number written down. They had um, a, basically what seemed to be like a, a saga or like a, a self... like a, like a, It felt like an autobiography, but they were in no... They were plastering yeah. or wallpapering the window so you weren't really sure what order it was in so it felt very disjointed so it's hard to really get that's, an idea yeah, of what, very, what it was so that's why it felt yeah. like stream of consciousness it felt like bad yeah. poetry <laughs> oh that's fascinating that's the kind of stories i was looking for mm-hmm. anything else pop in your mind like that uh we had the, okay so we had the hvac that needed to be replaced this week and that was a very stressful it wasn't a very stressful week but it was yeah it was a high pressure um what was good You know, it's really funny because I feel so lucky that my client and I, I, people say this and I don't know if it's, I don't know if I believe it because they are saying it, but I do truly take great pleasure in the fact that like things aren't always very crazy because my client is such a laid back client. That's good. Which doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, they're great people. They're really, really, really great people. And when things pop up, we generally get it fixed. And uh, other stories, because that's not exciting at all. If I no, say no, things that's are fine. We can move on to another thing. No, I'll just no, no, anything no, pops no. in your sure head, let's yeah. go for it. No, yeah, of course. I'll definitely think about it. I could review my notes over there because I did. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll come back to it because i got a few more points to make. And, yeah. and then we'll get to the end of your day and then the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, do you have any like general pet peeves about the job? I don't like when people don't use proper punctuation in emails. I don't like when people transfer you unceremoniously without any warning. Yes. Um, that actually infuriates me to the point to where I don't mind what I say while I'm hearing that whole music. <laughs> and who hears it? Because it's really, it, I don't know, it's just, it, just, it feels so degrading. No, it is. I agree with both of those things. Yeah. Uh, like, what, what else? I don't like follow-up. If someone says, I'll call you in five minutes and you got to wait an hour, mm-hmm. that's pretty maddening. Um... Vendors who get mad at us. <laughs> what do they get mad at? They just... Sh- oh, God. I got this one vendor that just... He shouts 
when he when when he gets cornered or you know prompted into an answer yeah. about the status of something he gets super fed up with it he'll kind of explode and um that's always been a really big pet peeve of mine like there's only one person that i ever want to explode to in work and it's my manager in terms of like if I'm, if I'm having a moment where I need to talk something through, and I've experienced the tail end of that, where they're like, can I just vent to you, please? Because we both understand what we're going through, and this is so stupid, and then we just go on a big rant where I, I pace around the office and just shout and laugh. Um, because, you know, it's nice to feel authentic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are, those are the main pet peeves, I would say. That and people who, like, send you invites to things without any sort of forewarning. What do you mean by that? Like I've got a I've got a coworker that I that I work with, mm-hmm. um, but we're not on the same account, and uh, we've agreed that when what, what you know, we we've established a buddy system where if I'm out, they'll do the morning uh, they'll do the morning report for me and vice versa. Yeah. But it's gotten to the point where I think she's felt so comfortable in knowing that I've been saying yes every time, even though there are times where I have said no. She'll just send me an invite, and I'll be like, "You wanna you wanna warn me about that, girl?" Yeah. <laughs> have a little heads up. Yeah. I get it now. Um, I, sorry, I just had that vendor stuck in my head. It's like, I, there's so many adults out there. It's like, this is such a very Ugh, basic that's concept actually the, of like... That's actually the biggest pet peeve of all, is when, <laughs> pe- when you realize that people overreacting at work are adults. Yeah. They're adults. Their parents taught them how to do things. Their parents don't tell them what to do things, how to do things anymore. And yet they still, still act to entitled sometimes and rude and... You know, again, I've had my fair share of outbursts, but it's been with people that I trust enough yeah. to be, like, understanding rather than someone who's just, you know, client-facing or, you know, yeah. owes you something. It's just, it's, yeah, adults. Yeah. Screw that. Adults. Um, all right, so do you have any advice for someone who would want to get into a job like this? Um, learn what you can. Learn, learn, learn as much as you can about the technical side of things. I think, um, I think that if I went into this job knowing first and foremost how an HVAC was supposed to work, I would have asked less questions. Yeah. Um, I would have under I would have had to ask less questions when viewing proposals for HVAC replacements. You know, and there are things that people tend to like. For th- there are things that people tend to gravitate towards, obviously in subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just so happens, like, the trade, quote-unquote, that I think I found myself kind of being more interested in than anything is locksmiths. Yeah. Um, from a high-security standpoint, like, there's a certain structure, organizational structure in which you have to engage people. Yeah. But no, I, I, I would say understanding the trade more so. Um, being open to new technology. That's very good. And I, I've noticed that in talking to people in real estate a lot. It's... Especially in Pennsylvania, the technology is so old and so out of date and mm-hmm. just like, don't be afraid of the new stuff. The new exactly. stuff's good. It's good for, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's better. I agree. The funny thing is my company used sometimes, because pe- people say that we are a tech company with a, with a, with a, I think with a focus in, in real estate. Yeah. Um, which is funny because when you think about it, the services that we perform are based off of growing, changing, organically developing software. Yeah. And I, it's cool. It's I cool think to think about. it's a positive thing. I think yeah. it's a great move yeah. in, the, in the right direction. Yeah. But what it does is it weeds out the people who aren't interested in learning new things and don't have patience when it comes to like, you know, the people that get really impatient at Apple stores, mm-hmm. like those aren't the people that we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they need to be open and willing to try things and come up with ways to innovate those programs. Yeah. Get on the level and more importantly, learn. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a constant, like we, we live in this society that is 
evolving insanely quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's best to not get frustrated. Just get with it. Right. Just, just ride and the among, wave. Which is interesting because amongst all of these complicated changes, it still kind of dials back to a more simple concept of customer service. Yeah, exactly. Like every like for the most part, there's there's very there are very few jobs that don't come from customer service or isn't customer driven in some way. So wanting to do that, you know, having a lot of energy and a can-do attitude generally gets you through the day. I've been told that, you know, my, again, that I have a positive uh, effect. Yeah, you're a pretty positive person. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) No, but it's, 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 it's good to know that that feedback is receptive. Rather, it's good to know that that behavior is receptive though, because there are departments, jail, my company (laughs) loves loves all kinds of people yeah so there's a place for everybody there are a place for like the more quiet people who like to be behind a computer there are people who like to be on the phone i'm on the phone 85 percent of my day okay yeah it suits you yeah by all means yeah there is one little sidebar i'd like to go off on my own little tangent here Mm -hmm. is because you brought up the customer service thing and i i do believe that it is there is an element of customer service that everyone should just have in daily life Mm -hmm. but as far as your job goes do you have people rating you or writing reviews or anything like that there is a vip system where if you do if you well yes so there's an end of year evaluation where you can request people to provide feedback on your performance and that's really nice i mean and and these are customers not internal no they're internal people and you could also use what people have like someone like you know, someone that I work with who wasn't with the company wrote a review about the way that we presented um, data for them to show their customer. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, great. I helped do this, so I'm going to put this in my end of year review. That was that was what I did. They say I was instrumental. Yeah, yeah, I was instrumental. <laughs> um, but there's also... Uh, oh my gosh, I don't remember what the phrase is because they have such great catchphrases when it comes to these like little initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um it's basically just like, yeah, it's like, it, it's a VIP award where like you're either client-centric, people-centric, or growth-centric, and they write what you did and you get points. And those points allow you to purchase um, items online on what they're, on the company's marketplace. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, what I was getting at is, and this is just something I've noticed, I've noticed it for a long time, but just this past year I've noticed mm-hmm. it moving its way into all other aspects of my life. That everything I do, and this is not work related, just anything in my life, will just be like, oh, I noticed you, you know, I don't know, got a sandwich from Panera. Will you write a review of your, like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I just want the food and here's your money and done with transaction. What's funny about that is, yes, because people always talk about how, you know, phones listen to what you say or are receptive to certain keywords. I mean in terms of what I purchased and what I discuss, There are a lot of things on my social media that's like, hey, have you thought about going into this, looking into this because you bought this? Yeah. And it's a little invasive. But yeah, it's been a while since I've been asked to write a review about something like that, like a service. And I always throw, you know, recycle receipts to... Well, I just, there's just... I, I'm what about you? What do you get? Point, which is just everything, everything in my life. Um, and it, it's just a constant barrage of emails of like will you rate this transaction will you rate your experience Mm -hmm. you it'll be to the point where like my phone noticed that i walked into a store i didn't buy anything but i was in the store like hey will you tell us about your experience or you update our google listing about how your experience was like no that's i don't fucking work for you (laughs) like i I just hate that it's turning that that tide is turning into the the consumer has to be the 
reviewers of everything yeah. involved in life. Like it, it just it's complicating things to the point where it annoys me endlessly. Well, can you imagine how else they would have gotten word of mouth if we didn't rely on other people? Like they're like. Just enthusiastically talking about themselves, hoping that people would be interested, which I suppose they already do, but you know, engaging customers and asking them to review it. But it is, it's really subversive. And I, a little I bit get from a and, corporate standpoint, or if you're a small business, why you would want that. Mm. But it's, I don't need three separate emails, three separate days about the service I got because I bought a book that was 25 years old from eBay. It, I paid two dollars for it. Like, what do you want from me? Can mm-hmm. I just have the thing? Can we just have a simple mm-hmm. transaction? All right, bad yeah. sidebar. So, but, so, so what you're saying is that customer-centric things tend to get way too into the fine details, well, which kind of come across as, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and more of my point was it's bleeding into things that it shouldn't be bleeding sure. into. That's what I mean. Because there are legitimate businesses that need good reviews and it helps their performance and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Yeah. I'm talking about the little, like, constant, like... So can, I noticed can, you drove by the bank. How did you like the bank? Can I don't you take think a I've picture ever, of the bank? I don't think I've ever... Oh, well, I guess I've never seen Google do that. Google does that? Google does a lot of that to me. I remember when I was using Google Maps and it would ask me, did you get to where you needed to take a picture yeah. to confirm? Um, that's another but, one but that never felt like a review but I suppose it did in a way it was a yeah, that's review that's what it is they want people to, to like did you make it to your destination yes of course I made it to my destination why do you need me to write about it and it goes back to what I said it's like I don't work for you I don't do that I know that this is a, a nice platform I appreciate your service if it, leave me alone <laughs> Just ripping my hair out, just constant. Mm-hmm. Just it's like asking for favors. It's like every person you interacted with in the day just was like, "Hey, will you tell people that you like me?" <laughs> it's that. Like every person that you ran into in the course of a day, just started to hit you up for like a compliment. You ever seen that Black Mirror episode, Nosedive? Yeah. Where yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. it's part of part of getting into yeah. that. Guy. Ex- except the uh, except the like like the surprise ending is that. What she's looking for all along is that twenty-mile-long CVS receipt that says "receipt" that says "review us" at the bottom. <laughs> Absolutely insane. So let's let's wrap your day up, and then we'll get into some of the fun stuff. Sure. This is always my favorite part. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the end of the at the end of your work day is when five p.m. four thirty to five is usually. It depends on the activity of the day. I don't like to wait around for something to happen to that point. Yeah. Like if I'm working on stuff, and I'm always working on stuff. Yeah. Or I always should be working on stuff sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But who hasn't? Yeah. Who, you know. Um, if there's something going on, I'll leave around 4.30. If not, if I have to stay, I'll yeah. stay. But generally, 4.45, 5 o'clock is the most frequent time that I leave, I'd say. Okay, now is there a punch-out situation? No. Or you just Okay, so good. I like that. Just in and out, yep. get the job done. It's a very relaxed yeah. schedule. I can take lunch whenever I want for how long I want. I can leave early if there's an event. If I have a doctor's appointment, I'll leave early. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's nice to have that freedom, and that's... Oh, it's, it's, um, so, you leave it, it you know, four thirty-five. What are you doing? Hey, uh, honestly, yeah. Oh, so, so just give me walk your out the door and hit my pen and wait for the bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then that's when I listen to podcasts. Or what are you listening to? On a, on on a nice sunny day, as a good friend has recommended to me recently, I've been listening to a podcast called Small Town Murder. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, 
that's always a good time. It's always fun to laugh about things that people don't realize you're laughing about amongst yeah. a crowd of people. Absolutely. Um, or I will listen to another true crime podcast, My Favorite Murder. Um, My favorite murder. Or I'll just listen to random pieces of music. But generally, it's a, it's lately it's the summer. It's been a podcast. Podcasts. Good. I like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we'll just kind of. I was gonna say we can kind of skip over your evening, but dinner. What are you doing for dinner? I mean, sometimes you said you do the other half of the bird's eye thing, but mm-hmm. you have I, routine. I, I sometimes I repeat what I made for lunch, but generally I make two different kinds of protein that allow me to have some diversity in my day. Okay. Diversity, some <laughs> variety, I should say, some diversity. Oh God, <laughs> can you imagine? Um, yeah, and I mean, generally it's a salad with some kind of protein on it, and maybe some extra vegetables, and I do that while watching Netflix. All right. Anything good you're watching right now? Uh, I was looking for recommendations. You know, I really loved uh, Planet Earth. Our Planet, I'm sorry, Our Planet. Our Planet, is it similar? It's the the new David Attenborough document, like nature series. It's really quite gorgeous. Um, Unlike anything I've ever seen before, um, and it's probably one of the first things that have really got me into nature docs, um, so that's really good. Uh, Bonding is hysterical. Have you ever heard of Bonding? It's a gay guy and... um, his friend, who she, who he recently realizes is a dominatrix, mm. just go through life, and they're like 15, 20 minute episodes. Um, what I wonder if you've heard of before, and I haven't watched it enough because it's almost made me uncomfortable. But like, I know that's also humor that you appreciate. I I, uh, have you seen? I think you should leave. I think you should leave. Oh yeah, that's on my list. I haven't started it yet, but yeah, it's it's on there. so uncomfortable. I love it. It's <laughs> it's to the point to where you want to leave, but you can't help but not press pause. Because you have to see how this goes, because then the episode will finally be over. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I just finished um, the new season of Easy. You seen any of that? Easy. Why does that sound familiar? It's it's on Netflix, regardless. But yeah, there's a lot of like uh, uncomfortable couple fighting. Just I don't know why I like that so much. You just like couples very, fighting? It's a realistic fight, and yeah, every episode's like different characters, so like it's not. They're all it. So are you saying that, so this is me going back to my theater background a little bit, um, is this you saying that Easy as a show is more successful at depicting human converse, like people, like com- like normal conversations that people have versus things that you'd see in like, I don't know, Charmed and CSI? Yeah, yeah I like I like that very raw, like, Honest, I, so these guys are having personal. a very insane conversation, but mm-hmm. it's, it's very much real and uncomfortable mm-hmm. at some points, but, uh, you know. Regardless, I, I, always, I recommend it. I, mm-hmm. I think I think it. Like, yeah, we can do it. Okay, so um, Netflix wrap it up the evening. What time do you usually go to bed? Oh my god, this is the embarrassing thing. As I usually aim to be with the, I usually aim to have my side light on, which means I'm going to bed in the next half an hour All at eight thirty. Eight thirty. All right. And I, I'm not always successful, and I'm always reminded I have to go to bed. And I'd say I usually fall asleep around. 9 30 10 at the latest so i'm in bed by nine at the very latest mm-hmm. and all right so um the late night ritual do you have any things that you do that help you go to bed uh well yes recently i've started listening to a podcast where i it's this is kind of this is kind of sad i really like this podcast because i think the subject matter is fascinating it's greek mythology okay but she's this this speaker is not a great speaker Huh. So she's, I'll just say, whatever. It's a she. There's only one of two options. Well, no, can, that's not true. That is not true, out. but it's <laughs> it not true. Plug it positively or negatively. No, 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 no. Well, I'm also not going to be the one to talk about, you know, 
gender and pronouns because I, I really well, I don't think we're going to go anyway. Um, she has such a soft voice that it's easy to fall asleep to. So wait, I th- so you're saying she has a good voice for that? No, she does not have a good voice. Well, she has a good. She doesn't have a good voice for a podcast, but it's good to fall asleep to. Okay, yeah, I can see that. If you listen to uh, Dan Carlin, no, his hardcore history, and he, you know, I think I, I saw that somewhere. Yeah, you recommend it. It's it's a great podcast, but also he just has such a good voice. Like he's he's one of my I'd say my top podcasts to fall asleep yeah. to. Very soothing, even though a lot of the subject matter is really dark. But, uh, yeah, and I love, like, just a good history lesson like this. I'll have to do that. Part of me was hoping that uh, listening, like, that falling asleep to Greek myth podcasts would make me dream about things like that. Yeah. Because when I was a kid and I ended up listening to, like, the Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban audio table while I was going to bed, I would have slightly Harry Potter-related dreams. But now, yeah. no Greek myth dreams yet. Hmm. Haven't been eaten by a sphinx yet. Well, keep at it. Yeah, there's still time. Eventually. Yeah, there's still time. All right, so do you have anything to add to that to wrap up the career? Any thoughts, anything that you could put out there in the world? Um, yeah, uh, honestly, I never thought I would go into this field, and I was foolish enough to think that I would pursue a liberal arts degree forever, mm-hmm. um, personally speaking. Yeah. But I think it's important to remember that no matter what you do and what you specialize in, there is always applicable. there are always applicable or matching skill sets in other fields if it doesn't go well. So not succeeding in a certain field of study does not mean that you can't transfer things over and still you know, make a point and be present and have people enjoy your company and have an impact. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, I was very surprised when people was really, were really very receptive to me saying, I have a theater degree and I'm very animated and I'm elo- I mean, I, I think I'm eloquent and I communicate well and I, or I'm organized and people are like, yeah. And that translates to other things. I think that's a yeah. great piece of advice. Yeah, there was, there was, I, and I'll, I'll leave it with this. There was an interview where I was trying to get a job out of the call center and I had to equate dramaturgy, my, the name of my degree, mm-hmm. to customer service. I was like, theater history is like customer service in XYZ, which clearly is not real like like that's that's not it's not a logical argument but based on the way that i framed it it made sense and it just you know if you think of it in that way you'll feel less limited in options when there are none yes and i think that's exactly what people are looking for when they want to listen to these Mm -hmm. it's like they're lost they need a new path they don't know what that is yet so let's explore other people's jobs all right so it was a perfect way to end that segment now on to the fun stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, what is your ideal breakfast? My ideal breakfast? Oh, We're talking my... like vacation, have whatever you want. Oh, uh, I would say bagels and lox, usually. Okay. I can get me even more detailed if you want, but... Cause I yeah, know. <laughs> go into it. That's what people want. They yeah, it's an everything bagel, everything bagel, some uh, usually plain cream cheese, good lox, a lot of lox on it. Like, I'm not brushing my teeth after. It's that good. <laughs> um, onions, yeah. We're going there. Red onions specifically, and cucumbers, capers, and uh, generally the bagels toasted. Done. So the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. All right. I like it. Uh, what's the best advice you ever got? Recently, um, stop taking yourself so seriously. Yeah. Good advice. I like that. What movie do you think you've seen the most? Ooh, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Um, 
I don't love heights, as I've come to realize. Okay. We'll end there. That's <laughs> as good as answer as any. Um, any candy in the world, what would you have? Ooh, any candy in the world. Um, recently, I love Starburst, but historically, I would say Twix has been a pretty heavy contender. Make a note. Historically, Twix? Historically, Twix. <laughs> Those are good. Um, childhood hero. Hmm. So funny story about that. Go on. Um, I got I failed. <laughs> I failed my summer health classes final project about our role model because I said I didn't have one because I looked up to myself. Hey, look at that! Look I don't know. I don't know if that was completely true. I still honest. like that it happened. <laughs> I know, I and still they, like that I know, but I failed. Role model as a kid, um, Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Okay. And yeah. my mom, but yeah, me yeah. mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of soap do you use? Uh, generally, hmm, it actually changes from time to time depending on what's the cheapest. Okay, cheapest that works as an answer. Available. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone gave your 18-year-old self a thousand dollars, what would you do with it? Ooh, my 18-year-old. I'd dye my hair. <laughs> yeah? Uh, well, maybe, I don't know, you definitely wouldn't be able to spend... Yeah, I would say, what about the other 900-some bucks? Yeah, 900-some <laughs> bucks. Um, I probably would have gotten a computer. Yeah, With all the right. rest. What about now? Someone gave you a thousand dollars now, tax-free, it's all yours, do whatever you want. Plane trip to London. Because they're like twelve hundred bucks, and I've been trying <laughs> to do it, and it just never feels right to spend that much money on a ride. There you go, two hundred more bucks. You're there. I know. <laughs> uh, biggest pet peeve in life. In life, um, people who are rude on the phone. Yeah, I agree with that. Fuck those people. <laughs> uh, where do you see yourself in ten years? Oh, <gasps> dead. No, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Married, I think. Okay. Married and somewhere warm. Yes, that's yeah. I like that very yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, tipping custom. Twenty or more. Good, like that. Uh, something you'd wish you'd learned earlier. How to have fun. How to have fun. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? One? I feel like I took everything too seriously for such a huge portion of my time, uh, in life. Um. And I think it's kept me from enjoying simple things because even the simple things I would overanalyze. And still do. So I think I still have trouble lightening up. But that's um, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's insightful. I like that. Uh, childhood celebrity crush. Ooh. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Do you remember the band Dream Street? Vaguely. Uh, there was a... <laughs> Chris Trousdale was his name, but I was, uh, think, I, th- I think I printed like 20 photos from my mother's like brand new color printer when, <laughs> when I was young and just like taped it with scotch tape around my room in like a weird kind of like gallery style where it didn't, yeah. obviously it didn't work. None of them were framed and they were all eight by 11 yeah. or eight and a half by 11. But Chris Trousdale from Dream Street, Very um, specific answer. looking back on it, I don't know what I saw on him, but that's okay. That's all right. Pull up some photo references later. <laughs> um, you have an Instagram page? We'll put it on there. Yeah, we'll post it up on there. Uh, what's one thing that you would change about yourself? Mm. Like, you mean... Mm. I mean, like, anything. Like, magically. Anything. Magically. I, mm, 
I would want to be able to see myself like as physically fit as I want to be. Okay. Like I want to be I want to be happy with with the progress that I have. Okay. Yeah. For those who don't know, I work out a lot, <laughs> and I'm very critical yeah. about it. So I think having more acceptance, giving myself more acceptance. You're very I, fit. Thank so you. you. But when I but 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 I again you you know you talk about insight. I know that. I am critical of things and myself enough to not be truly satisfied with progress. I think a lot of people have that sure. issue. Sure, and I hope people do, because <laughs> I think it's important to have that kind of conversation. Absolutely. Um, hardest time you ever laughed? <gasps> Ooh, probably with my twin sister. Um, there was one time where we both tried to scare each other from two different corners, and we scared each other in the process, but that was a, that was years ago. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Elaborate a little bit. Uh, no, like, my sister and I would get into fights. We bicker all the time. We might as well have been a married couple. Side note, my mom went to a psychic once, and this woman said that we were married. We were a married couple in a past life. Interesting. Um, which would make sense, given <laughs> the way that we talked to one another. Um, and I think 20 minutes after we had an argument, we stormed off. We both knew where the other person was. And we, we just tried to like, so imagine you're going, like, like imagine you're going up to a corner. Yeah. But, you know, how, how do you even describe that? Um, just approaching. The- you're approaching a corner that's like, you know, the corner of a building and one person's coming one way and you're going the other way. So this yeah. is inside a house. Yeah. And we both scare each other and we both scream bloody murder and laughed. <laughs> um... Yeah, I think usually when I'm with my sister, that's when I'm laughing the most. Okay, yeah, that works. I like that. Um, guilty pleasure. I love jerking off. <laughs> as guilty as it comes. Yeah, I think that's that's that's, that's the basis of guilty pleasures. That and um, I always feel really great when I get ice cream, and I don't do it very often. Ice cream, yeah, jerking off and ice cream. Jerking off and ice cream. <laughs> Uh, what type of music do you like and why? I like all music, but I love things that have a disco or a soul influence. And I don't know why. I I don't know if it's because my dad used to play a lot of blues when I was a kid and I picked up on the more dramatic side of blues, um, the more you know flamboyant side of it. Um, or, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely, mu- I'm really sensitive to music, I've come to realize in life. And I take simple joy in feeling moved by music yeah. and disco just happens to be one of those things that moves me yeah I like that uh, what's something you're bad at mm. I'm really impatient impatient mm-hmm. okay. I'm really really impatient and uh, I think I could stand to get much better at being patient <laughs> <laughs> alright alright last question yep. make it count uh, if you could do anything as a job what would it be I would travel 100%. I don't care how many hours I spend at an airport. I want to see everything that I possibly can. That's always something that I knew I wanted. With a job, if you know that you want to find something you know that you want, this job will allow me to do it one day. I want to be able to travel with work. I like it. Simple and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a mix of... <laughs> if you can't mix your personal life and your work life, then you're not going to feel authentic. Exactly. And, you got to love what you do. Yeah. I think that's a great place to Thanks for doing the show. Thank you. I appreciate it.